This is Chris, welcome to episode 278 of x and uh, it's unlimited day, as uh, hard as I tried to avoid it. Uh, I even put out a second compilation this past weekend to avoid having to talk a little bit more about X-Men Green. Uh, nobody wants to hear me talk about X-Men Green, right? I mean, from the numbers it's pretty clear nobody wants to hear me talk about X-Men Green, and trust me, I don't want to talk about X-Men Green either, but hey, this is an all-or-nothing Sort of a series here So uh, we take the good, we take the bad And we take the X-Men Green So let's hop into the penultimate chapter At least for now Of X-Men Green This is X-Men Unlimited Volume 3 Number 11 uh, November 2021 date On sale date, on download date uh, On app date, I suppose And I do want to remind you that With 11 installments This now has more chapters Than... uh, X-Factor did, which uh, kind of sucks. Anyway, X-Men Green Part 7, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Emilio Lazo, colors Rachel Rosenberg, letters VCs Josebino, edits Amaro Biso white Sabolski. This one appeared on the Marvel Unlimited app on November the 7th of 2021. Now we open with a news chopper arriving on the scene at uh, Cyanide and Grandma Slappers Incorporated, where shots have been fired. Wolverine's already grabbed Nature Girl and Curse, but he's then shot in the head. The bullet ricochets off his adamantium dome, but does distract him long enough for his annoying quarry to wriggle away, and the girls take off. They pass Sauron, who is in the process of performing his stand-up act while eating a human arm. He then gives chase to Black Mamba so they can continue their odd little dance. Now it turns out that they both have hypnosis powers, so they spend a couple of panels gazing into each other's eyes. And we find out here that they're both sapiosexual. <laughs> Comedy! Uh, now, this means that they're both turned on by intelligence, by the way. So, um, are we supposed to figure that they're both, like, wildly turned on right now? I mean, is this funny? Mm, okay, anyway, Nature Girl and Pink Lisa Simpson just stand there gawking for a minute, because lest we forget, Comedy! Off to the side, Wolverine lunges at Sauron, and he slices and dices at him for a few flicks of the finger. Then Curse curses Wolverine into jamming his claws into his own chest. Meanwhile, Nature Girl has taken off into the basement of Cyanide and Racism LLC to start spinning some valves. Outside, Curse is riding on Sauron's back while he kills Cobra Vipers left and right. Curse also curses some of the goobers into, you know, seeing the light. So I guess they're no longer armed security guards now, and uh, they probably also don't have a paycheck anymore, so their families are going to have to go hungry. And so close to Christmas, too. Curse might just be overdoing it, however, as her nose begins to bleed. 
And I know I probably shouldn't be rooting for a child to die in a comic, but alas, here we are. Wolverine then tackles Sauron, but then Cyanide and Ingrown Toenails Limited goes boom. Nature Girl strides out, and as with any time she walks toward the reader, I think the feel they're going for is badass, but the reality is pure cringe. Mamba calls Lin out for being a nut. Wolverine's very disappointed as, uh, you know, all the stuff that Nature Girl's done so far has been really bad, but this is going to be a little too difficult to walk back. Curse then approaches Logan, likely an attempt to curse him again, but gets knocked the F out before she can. So I guess we can thank whoever you find holy. Wolverine then snicks, which scares Sauron off. Uh, Sauron does tell Lin that, uh, you know, he gives her the thumbs up and says they will team up again soon, to which I say, don't threaten me, you asshole. Uh, at this point, the refinery goes boom again. Lin faces off with Logan, saying that this is a cause worth dying for, and then Wolverine knocks her the F out, and that is where we leave it. Next Unlimited is hopefully the final installment of X-Men Green uh, that they are calling The Trial of X-Men Green. But next episode, we're heading back into space with S.W.O.R.D. So, what can I say about the penultimate chapter of X-Men Green? Well, nothing you haven't heard me say a few times before. And so I, uh, I won't. <laughs> um, we do have a great letter from Peter in a little while uh, regarding the X-Men Green storyline, so I will save all of my biting uh, commentary and editorializing for then. And now let's just hop on to It's Jeff, number 11. Also November 2021, the story's called Jeff House, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Girahiru. Edits go whack This one popped up on the app on November the 12th, of 2021, and it actually showed up a little bit later than I was expecting it to, and it made me uh, feel a little bit worried that maybe Jeff was just going to be like a 10 installment and done sort of thing, and I wondered, like, how how am I just going to do X-Men Unlimited? <laughs> I need something as a palate cleanse. I, I didn't... I was nervous. But uh, alas, Jeff's here, Jeff's back. Hopefully Jeff ain't going anywhere, and... As adorable and as enjoyable as it's Jeff is, I, I could imagine that it probably takes all of a minute and a half to write. So, hopefully it ain't going nowhere. Let's hop in. Now we open here with Jeff snoring away on the couch. Now his slumber is interrupted by... What else? Hawkeye shouting his name. Oh, and this is the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, and, uh, question... Have I ever mentioned how annoying... Yeah, I probably have. Uh, now she presents him with a doghouse, which he hops off the couch to, in to to investigate, to check it out. He turns his nose up and walks away. Though shortly he does return with some furnishings, including a Deadpool blanket, a stuffed devil dinosaur and lockjaw, and a cooked turkey dinner. Then we pop our heads inside the doghouse to see that he set up a nice little dinner party for he and his plush pals. He rolls out a welcome mat and invites Kate in to check the place out herself. And so she sticks her head in, and then Jeff pushes her completely inside. Next we know she is in the doghouse, and Jeff is back on the couch. And that's where we leave it. And, you know, like I just said about X-Men Unlimited, is there anything I need to say about Jeff that I haven't said dozens of times before? Pro probably not. Um, it's fun. It's adorable. Uh, if you take a few minutes out of your day to check it out, or a few seconds out of your day to check it out, I think you'll enjoy it. So if you have Marvel Unlimited, you really have no reason not to uh, not to check this out. I mean, you could, 
I mean, you could do this while you're waiting for the shower to heat up. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a quick and fun little read. So from here, let's hop into the mailbag. I promised a great letter from Peter, and uh, here it is. Now, this is uh, talking about X-Men Unlimited number 10. Now, Peter says, I'm down for critiques and alternatives to capitalism and its lifeblood incentive for us to prioritize a single thing over other people, other living things, our health, justice, our planet, which could link to the other topic this book slaps us with, the environment. I am also down for a critique and suggestions on us who think we do our part, but really we aren't doing enough. I take longer showers than I should. I leave electronics and lights on. I use my non-hybrid slash electric car too often. I continuously buy plastics. I still own polyester and other man-made clothes and sheets. I use plastic bags, probably throw the wrong thing in the recycle bin, etc. I could probably use some help. I could use info on things to look out for and ways to be sure my actions and purchases aren't hurting others, myself, or the world. I could use info on how tweaks to my daily life routine can lessen my part in the destruction of the world around me. But I don't have much use for being told capitalism is bad and the environment is good in a condescending manner that immediately will make most people defensive and provides nothing substantive anyone could use to tweak their thinking or adjust their lifestyle, and the shame about this series is that's all it does. Here, here, you know, I, I could not have said that any better, and I'm sure over the past six to seven weeks I have not said it any better than that. Uh, you're 100% right. This book could have offered something. It could have offered, I don't know, it, it, I think early, like maybe the second or third chapter, I, I gave that whole, uh, it's like, hey, nature girl, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole, you know? It's that sort of approach that really turns me off from this type of a, type of a story here because no matter how you tell this story, it's going to seem a little holier than thou. It's going to seem a little uh, virtue signally. You know, no matter how even-handed, even-keeled, fair and balanced it may come across, it's always going to have that air of superiority, you know, looking down on other people. And sure, I mean, we get stories like that from time to time, and there's nothing really inherently wrong with that, but it's to the degree that this story goes in attempting to shame other people and to signal its virtue a little bit brighter than, than others who might have gone down this same route, it's really not good. It's really just not good. It's insulting. It's the sort of story that, and I'm projecting here, but uh, it feels like the sort of story that was written more to get high fives around the office than to actually tell a story or trying to improve the world. It's very superficial. It's very, you know, the emperor wears no clothes. It's, it just sucks. It's not good at all. And we could also, you know, talk about the, you know, the capitalism bend here. Now, there's something quite adorable about a, uh, a consumer entertainment piece trying to tell us how bad spending your money on stuff is. <laughs> You know, there's something very, very precious about that. I don't see these comic writers doing what they do for free, and uh, nor should they. Nor should they. That's not me saying that they should, but the critique on capitalism here is it's a little much. And, you know, um, I try not to talk too much about my personal life here on this program. There are other programs on this channel where I do uh, and have delved kind of deep into... Uh, my life and times here, but not usually on X-Lapse. X-Lapse is more about the material and, and the books, right? But if you'll indulge me for a moment, uh, if I can go back to 2008, I lost my job, 
And this was right after we bought a house we couldn't afford, even when I was working. Uh, this was at the tail end of the real estate boom, where we didn't realize it was the tail end of it. So we wanted to buy a house before the, ha- the house prices went up even more. So we spent way too much money on a house that really didn't suit us. But, uh, but a few months later, uh, my company decided to sell off all of our contracts, which left me without a job. And... Um, we couldn't afford the house. We lost the house. Uh, we were about, we were within 10 days of being completely homeless. I couldn't find work for quite a while. This is 2008, if anybody remembers, and I'm sure a lot of us do. Uh, jobs were not easy to uh, procure. And so I didn't have much of a luxury in choice, you know? So if I found even a temp job, that, you know, required me to drive, you know, 50, 60 miles one way, I was going to have to take it in order to, you know, put food on the table, to keep the lights on, to keep the, you know, the air conditioning going, because it gets very hot here in Arizona, to keep the water running. And uh, if at any time during that horrendous process, a book like this came out in order to shame me (laughs) into thinking that I'm killing the planet by going to work, or just doing what I had to do in order to feed my family, well, I'd probably be looking for people to punch. (laughs) Um, Environmentalism, we've talked about it before, is business. It's big business. And, I mean, I spent nearly a decade in recycling. So I know that uh, not only is it big business, but it's also something that causes its fair share of pollution. So maybe maybe when X-Men Green 2 hits... We can have Nature Girl, like, uh, chasing down truckers who are hauling all recycled material to paper mills that are using crazy toxic chemicals to break down all the recyclables and polluting into the air. And, uh, well, no, they probably won't tell that story. But um, I feel like I'm losing the plot here, and that's just uh, part of the X-Men green effect, I believe. But back to, uh, you know, Peter's excellent message here. There's a way to tell this sort of story. It's always going to be a little bit superior. It's always going to be a little bit virtue signally. But there are ways to do this where you're not literally shaming people. And you're not driving people to be defensive. Because there are people out there who would love to do their part for the environment. But are stuck having to drive great distances to work. Or they work for companies who contribute to uh, you know pollution and uh, the eradication of the environment. And those people are just trying to keep meals popping up on their tables and keeping the roofs over their families' heads. And they really, I mean, they shouldn't be shamed for it. Because what, what's the alternative? You either go to work or what, the government pays you? And we know the government's never done anything <laughs> against the environment, right? They're, they're pure as the driven snow. It's kind of a rock-in-a-hard-place sort of a situation. And I would hope, if you're going to engage in this sort of a story that... Our man Jerry Duggan would try to be a little bit more fair about it because this is the the only purpose this serves is to shame and to divide and to make people feel bad about themselves. And uh, I don't know, it's not what I pay <laughs> to read comics to get. But thank you so much for writing in on this one, Peter. And not, not many people are writing in about X-Men Green, so it's nice to hear some thoughts on it. And like I've said for the past few weeks here, I've been reaching out to people like, hey, what do you think about X-Men Green? And the response I usually get is, what's X-Men Green? So I guess maybe this one isn't getting the wide reception 
that it otherwise could have, and maybe that's a good thing, because it's awful. But uh, that'll do it for the mailbag. Uh, thanks again to, uh, to Peter for writing in. Let's head over to the shout-out department, thanking the folks on social media who uh, thought enough to interact with the little buttons on the, on the little posts that I put out there to let people know that there are shows available for them to listen to. Over on Twitter, I want to thank Billy D., Chris Bailey, Andrew in Belfast, Al Sedano, Walt Nealon, Dave Schultz, Ed Moore, Joe Crawford, Jeremiah, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Neil Alejandre, Jason Colby, Yule the Black Geek, Jeremiah Simpson, Jared Alberick, the yard sale artist, Evan Bevins, Bill at Spy Vinyl, Jacob Jones, and X-Men 90s covers. Over on Facebook, I want to thank Chris Bailey, Jeremiah, Jesse D. Young, Walt Neeland, Evan Bevins, Pat Sampson, Andrew Franklin, Billy D., Joe Crawford, Bridget Ferugia, Jody Yerden, and Corbin Owens. Let's keep the gratitude train rolling here with the patrons over at patreon.com slash xlapsed. Andrew Franklin, Ed Moore, Walt Nealon, Jeremiah, Jason Colby, The Scary Stuff Podcast, Jesse DeYoung, Damian, Peter McPherson, Mark Jagger, Herman, and Andrew in Belfast. Thank you all so much for your support and for believing in me and for, uh, for sticking around. Uh, over on the Patreon, I just dropped a couple, uh, a couple more scripts. And I also dug up a piece of old audio from the old uh, Chris and Reggie Patreon where I went through the first six, six issues of uh, the Bendis Action Comics. It was uh, something I was just calling like Catching Up With Chris or Catch Up With Chris. It's a very informal sort of thing. I just uh, give my thoughts about a story arc I was reading. It uh, kind of gave me the impetus to actually sit down and read something that I was kind of dreading. <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, just something I wasn't making time for back a couple of years ago, and I ultimately did. And if you listen to that, um, it's oddly and weirdly optimistic about what would be the Bendis era on uh, Superman and Action Comics, which just a few months after I put that out turned to absolute crap, in my opinion. So um, it's a nice, interesting little time capsule. And I put it up there... uh, Sort of as a, a, I don't know if it's so much a proof of concept, but as a way to see if folks uh, enjoyed that uh, sort of, you know, casual uh, format. Because it's something I'd like to continue doing with uh, non-X books as, uh, you know, as I get the time and as I get the interest and the impetus to actually read some of these books that I've been collecting for ever (laughs) and have just left in a pile here. You know the drill, you know the story, I've said it before, when you're, you know, when you're a content creator, especially a more prolific one, you don't have the time to, uh, to really dedicate to the fun reads and the non-work, quote-unquote, work-related reads. Yeah, I, I was actually just on a show with our friend Al Sedano, he invited me to be on his uh, Warlock and uh, Thanos show, it's, it'll be coming out in, I believe, early January, but uh, off the air, before we started, we were talking a little bit about how... You know, you have to prioritize. You know, what you what you buy, what you read, usually if it's show-related, you can justify it and um, actually prioritize it. But if it's something that falls outside the, the scope of what you're talking about, it's harder to get to. You know, it's harder to get to. There's less of an incentive. There's less of a, uh, there's less of a push towards doing so. No matter how much you might want to, it's harder to make the time. You know, when you're, when you're dedicating so much time to your actual projects. So if you are one of my lovely and talented patrons, please let me know if you like that format. And uh, we can definitely continue that as I 
find the time to uh, fit in some more, you know, non-X fun reads. From here, let's hop into This Week in X. It is a Monday program, so we do have some new releases and some old releases to discuss. Over on Marvel Unlimited right now, there are three new titles. We got Marauders number 23, got X-Corp number 5, the final issue of that series, and X-Men The Trial of Magneto number 1. So uh, if you are following along with Unlimited, I definitely am looking forward to your thoughts on at least two of those uh, of those books right there. Uh, this Wednesday on shelves, we got three books and three trades. Uh, first, we got Wolverine number 18 with three covers. We got X-Men number 5 also with three covers. And uh, I was looking on um, that, that site that... Uh, that has cool bleeding from it um, to see if there was any news, you know. And uh, I heard that X Men number five finally gets political. So um, you know, it's just my weekly reminder that if I really, really want to hate comic books, I should just visit Bleeding Cool. You know, <laughs> if you ever want to break the habit, just uh, bookmark Bleeding Cool and go there two or three times a day, and you will hate. Eight comic books uh, before long. Our third single issue for Wednesday is X Force Kill Shot number one. All twelve friggin' covers of that. I'm not sure if that's going to be something that we need to cover for the show. Uh, whether or not it is, we will probably be covering it. Whether it's an episode of X Lapsed or Major X Lapsed, uh, well, you know, time will have to tell. I'll have to give it a read and figure out where it best fits. Uh, we got three trades. We got X Men Legends Volume One. We got The Reign of X, Volume 6, and we got X-Corp by Howard, Volume 1, which uh, sounds like a threat, doesn't it? Volume 1? Yeah, but just volume only. I think I'd feel a little bit safer without the Volume 1 there. But uh, those are the books that are coming out this week. Uh, We do have um, very important news here, very important news for the show here. A couple of episodes ago, I asked what we should call the X-Lives of Wolverine and the X-Deaths of Wolverine. What's the Hoxpoxy... Sort of um, acronym that we can use And I also said that our friend Jason Colby wrote in With the suggestion for Xlado or Xlado But we got more suggestions here Oh, Our friend Walt said uh, XLDW And Peter said either Lado or Lodo So we got us some choices here I I think I'm still partial to Jason's Xlado, Xlado but um, what say you? What say you? Uh, maybe I'll put a poll up if I can figure out how. <laughs> Otherwise, we will, uh, you know, we'll take these names. Maybe just use them, in, you know, interchangeably as we work our way through. And I definitely want to remind everyone that uh, that Jason's the one who gave us X of tens, which I used to the point of uh, of self parody. I think I used that one so much, and I still use it. Anytime uh, X of swords comes up, I will call it X of tens. So. Yeah, that's our news segment for today, and I think that's where we're going to leave it. If anyone out there would like to get a hold of me, please, please do so. You can find me a few different ways. You can see me on Twitter at Ace Comics. You can send an email to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, or you can call into the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline, 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, the all-new, all-different, still-quite-ugly, Chris is on InfiniteEarths.com. You can find us on Facebook at 90s X-Men. The complete audio archives are chrisandreggie.podbean.com. You find that anywhere you find noise and sound. And, of course, the Patreon is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But I think that's all I got for now. I would like to thank you all so much for spending some of your day with me today. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.
Oh